Hey everybody and welcome to Coach's Corner and this week I'm talking to another thought leader. If you have ever had issues with food or your body, maybe body dysmorphia, an eating disorder, or you obsess about food and diet and exercise, or you're constantly criticizing your body, you just cannot get to self-love and acceptance, maybe you're an emotional eater. If any of this applies to you, and I have a feeling that a lot of it does because body image and self-acceptance is something that comes up a lot on this show, then you are going to love my talk with my new friend, Samantha Skelly. I met her my first week that I moved down to North County, San Diego at a lunch with other entrepreneurs. And I was so touched by her spirit. Before I even knew what she did, I could feel like she was a light worker. And then we started to talk about her company and her mission, Hungry for Happiness. And I started to learn more about what she's up to in the world. And I just knew I had to have her on this podcast The best way to introduce her is to read her mission. Here it is. My mission is to build a community of at least 1 million women that have experienced sustainable weight loss due to a strengthened relationship with food and their bodies. My vision is that people I inspire and work with will have a healthier mind and body and live more fulfilling lives because of their experience with me. I value each relationship that is created through the work I do and continuing to grow and develop to deliver the best content possible to my community. What an enrolling mission. Think you'll love our conversation. And Samantha also talks about her course and her coaching community. And you can learn more about that at hungryforhappiness.com slash Christine Hassler. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Now on to my talk with Samantha. Samantha, my new friend at Encinitas, I'm so happy <laughs> to have you as our thought leader on Coach's Corner. Thank you so much for being here today. You are most welcome, my dear. So a big issue that comes up on the coaching calls throughout, ever since I started over it and on with it, especially with women, is body image issues and self-acceptance mm-hmm. issues. And I think I'll feel confident when I lose 20 pounds and mm-hmm. I don't know why I can't lose the weight and I hate my body and I know I should love my body, but I hate my body. It's just like mm-hmm. constant and it's a huge thing I see um, at the retreats, up at retreats as well when people come. That's like the one thing that they really want to change. So why are women mm-hmm. in such a fight with mm-hmm. food and their bodies? Well, it's super interesting. A lot of women are very aware of of the struggle that that is going on, but what's happening is they 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 know they want to change, but they're they're doing it from a place of fear. So the majority of people listening to this and just across the world are just completely disconnected from their bodies. We kind of operate head and heart, mind and body, like disconnected, and. The diet industry, everyone and their dog is telling us to um, operate from a place of fear, right? If we shame our way there or we, you know, take action out of fear, then eventually we'll get to this promised land that everyone talks about. And the reality is we we absolutely, and your audience knows this more than anyone, we absolutely need to start from a place of love and acceptance, accepting what is, being totally real with what is and transforming from that place. And that can be very scary for a lot of people because they think that 
acceptance is synonymous with complacency. So a lot of a lot of the women that I work with, we talk about this this whole concept of of acceptance and it's it's actually terrifying for them because the thought that goes in their mind is as soon as I accept myself, then I'm going to be complacent and nothing's going to change and I'm just going to going to stay like this forever, whatever this is for them. And it's truly about breaking the structure that we are that has been ingrained in us since since we first kind of explored the whole diet and, and weight conversation and that's we can't put band-aids on bullet wounds anymore you know if we truly want to change the trajectory of our life and create sustainable transformation we cannot put band-aids on bullet wounds we have to treat internal issues with internal solutions and so what most of the world is doing is we're treating an internal solution with an external external band-aid right we're like just go on this restrictive diet or just try this one more thing or you know maybe you haven't exhausted every option let's 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 do this shake or this pill or this you know tea this laxative tea whatever it is and yeah it quote unquote works for the time that we're on it but as soon as we let go of it we all know this story we gain all the weight back plus more so it's really about healing at an emotional level, learning to integrate into their bo- our bodies, knowing the difference between an emotional hunger cue and a physical hunger cue, and and a visceral yes in the body and a visceral no. And we don't have that communication when we're disconnected from our bodies. Mm. So it's truly about connecting back in and, and developing visceral intelligence so we can truly honor what our body needs. Awesome. And I'm going to ask you, Samantha, to turn down your volume a little bit, like up in yeah. Skype preferences. Um, yeah. And then God, when you're – okay, perfect. Got it. Okay. Got it. This this is awesome. I know people are not nodding their heads and they're asking, mm. but how do I do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's the thing. It comes down to if, – if, if you look at a classic dieter, they've gone on and off diets for, for say, 20 years. And so when when we say like mindful eating or intuitive eating, people are like, I can't do that. Like I don't trust myself at all because if they look back, they have a terrible track record of trusting themselves. And so it's really about, um, first of all, getting to know the difference between a visceral yes and no. So an exercise I love doing with my clients is just getting into their bodies and asking definite yes questions and just really feeling like what is that what is a yes in our body feels feel like when our body is guiding us into into the right direction like we want it we want to experience that lightness that ease that openness and then what does a no feel like in our body and for for most of us we're very up in our up in our heads when it comes to dieting and weight loss and that whole conversation that it's it's extremely hard to distinguish between that yes or no so that for a lot of people is like a beautiful starting point of getting into the body and asking those definite yes questions to figure out what a yes feels like and the def- definite no questions. The whole concept of trust, it, it's truly about taking blind faith on yourself, knowing that you're not trusting the part of you that's let you down in the past, but there's a deeper, there's a deeper, more profound part of us, our soul, that we get to trust when we're rebuilding these trust agreements with ourselves. And it's, it's literally just like a muscle. The more we exercise it, the more it develops. And the beautiful thing is, is we can start with the seemingly insignificant things in life um, and, and allow our bodies to guide us into, into those directions and then increasing the, the, the leverage um, as we go. So 
that is that is that is one of the biggest sticking points is like I just I just don't trust myself. So mm. they overthink, they overanalyze and they don't give their bodies an opportunity to speak to them. So can we give like a really practical example of mm-hmm. how I go from you know just dis- being disconnected and mm. dealing with my emotions through through food or through drinking or through mm-hmm. tea or whatever it is. Yeah. Like of just a little thing I can do to start to actually like mm. hear my body and communicate yeah. with it. Yeah, beautiful question. So number one, um, simply just awareness. Knowing that you're numbing the pain. And then number two is learning, understanding, really understanding that pain is just a beautiful teacher. Pain is a catalyst for growth. So knowing if you are wanting to numb your emotions, you're wanting to suppress with food or gambling or, or sex or shopping or whatever it is, there's something out of alignment. It's like, okay, you're, our bodies are fighting against us because something's not quite right. So learning to embrace the pain, like sitting with it. If you're on the on the verge of, of using food as a drug or binge eating, just taking a hot minute, feeling, just feeling, feeling that pain. Like where is it? Where is it in our bodies? Because really pain, it's just sensation. We are just this vessel. We're just this container for the sensation circulating in our bodies. And, and when it's, you know, when it's, when it's joyful and happy, we're like, okay, this is, this is good. And when it's, when it's like negative, we say this is bad. And we only learned that because we, you know, when we were younger, that's what we learned. But if we, if we look at emotion as it's not good or bad, it's just, energy and motion. And we can just feel into the sensation and be like, I'm going to be okay being present with this emotion. Then we can start from a place of curiosity and compassion. Okay. Got it. I recognize that there's something really heavy in my body right now. Let me just breathe into it. And then asking ourselves the question, what am I actually hungry for? What does my heart truly want right now? What do I need right now? How can I honor myself more right now? Um, When we automatically go to numbing it with food, we deny ourselves this beautiful opportunity to grow. So, if, if you're, if the people are listening to this right now and you're experiencing, maybe you're feeling that feeling in your chest right now, as I'm saying this, because it's triggering that feeling that you feel when you're about to, you know, open the freezer and, and have Ben and Jerry's or whatever your, whatever your go-to is, um, just know that your body is not going to give you anything you can't handle as far as pain's concerned. And the second that you just tune in, ask questions, be present with it and breathe into it and allow it and say, okay, this is here for a reason. This is here to teach me something. And we can lean into that pain. We can then start to heal it. If we hate it, we can't heal it. We can't heal anything that we hate. So when we lean in and we honor and we ask what our body needs, our body has a beautiful way of communicating. And by virtue of us doing that, we're connecting. And we can't have communication with our bodies without connection. And I think this is, you know, an important thing to encourage everyone here is the first time you start like connecting to your body and asking what it needs you may get it may be crickets you may get Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. and so then you get discouraged and you know and then it just the the loop of self-criticism starts Mm -hmm. over and over so just know that Mm -hmm. if you've been mean to your body for years for decades it's it's gonna take a little time to establish Mm -hmm. that trust it's Mm -hmm. like if you've been mean to a person for years and then you go apologize to them it may take them some time to trust Mm -hmm. you again so so don't give up on it and I'm wondering if you have any 
practices, mm-hmm. Samantha, that mm-hmm. that people can do kind of on a daily basis to help them mm-hmm. connect to their body. Mm, I love it. So that's a beautiful point that you just touched on. We have to re- we have to look at perspective. So if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I'm going to try it, and you try and check in and you have complete numbness or crickets, for like you said, that's okay. We have to realize that you've spent 20, 30 years maybe disconnected from your body, fighting your body, operating from a place of fear, operating from a place of disconnection. Therefore, you have to massage into this. You know, you have to know I am safe. So something that uh, that comes up a lot with my clients is they simply just don't feel safe in their bodies. They think their body is the enemy and their body's Mm -hmm. been fighting them, you know. So, So really knowing that your body always has your back. And so a, a mantra that I, I loved to use when I was overcoming this struggle was, I am home, I am safe. And I would repeat that in the shower. I'd repeat, like, I would visualize white light coming out of the shower every single morning and just saying, I am home, I am, I'm safe. And then I would do a check in my body. I would do an emotional check. Like do like a little scan as the, as the white light is pouring over me and like, okay, how am I doing emotionally today? What's going on? Where do I feel tension or lightness or an opening or a closing? And I would just check into emotionally. And then I would say, okay, how am I doing physically today? Like do I have any aches or pains? Is there any tension in my body? And then I would I would kind of explore that. And then how am I doing spiritually? What does my connection feel like today? And by virtue of just taking this simple practice and doing it every single morning, we begin to just tell our bodies like, hey, I'm so here for you. I'm so open for you. And it's it, like you said, it's developing a, a, a friendship again, right? Like if you have a friend that's let you down time and time and time again, you're not going to, for 30 years, you're not going to be like, okay, I'll try and trust you and let's see what happens. It's like, no, it, it takes some time to rebuild that trust. So I think ultimately it comes down to a commitment and a responsibility. Like we really have a responsibility to ourselves to show up for ourselves if we truly want to live authentic light lives of, um, you know, empowerment. And and it, it's not like, okay, I'll just try this on for size and if it doesn't work, then I'm just going to screw it and go back to what I'm used to. It's like, no, the, the cost of me not doing this is so much greater. So, yeah. yeah. there's not a quick fix. There's not, and that's no. why I love you and your work. And I, you know, people got to know a little bit about you when I read your bio in the beginning. But mm. I'd love you to take us back to a time, because there's probably people listening who are in the heat of this, who are mm-hmm. really suffering, who it's like every look in the mirror is is toxic mm. because they just criticize themselves and they're just in such mm. body hating or maybe an active eating disorder. Take mm. us back to a time where you, it, it was low, Mm, for you. Yeah. And and how did you find your way through that? Mm. So my, it was super interesting. I grew up as a child actress and a dancer. So I was always, um, you know, in front of the camera or on, on stage. And I stopped everything when I was 18 and I, I felt a massive loss of significance. And I didn't know this at the time, but obviously significance is one of our human needs. And, and so I was desperately searching for my significance through my body and like being skinny basically. And, and I was like, I'm not going to be loved. I've lost my significance. So I would, I was obsessed with my relationship with food. Um, everything was managed. Everything was um, controlled and counted. And, you know, if I, if, if I went over that day, I would do like sit-ups and, and burpees in my, you know, in my, uh, hotel room where my, wherever I was staying until I went to bed. And, um, 
I got to this place. I was living in England and I was actually a personal trainer at the time, which was completely out of alignment because I was just feeling extremely, you know, behind doors. I was, I was fighting my own battle and I just got to this realization. I thought someone asked me the question, Sam, how much of your day do you spend worrying about food in your body? And I literally thought that I w- it was like over 90%. Mm. Um, and it was constant. And I, that question really stuck with me. And I thought, what would I do with my life if I was not so obsessed if I did not wake up every single morning, look in the mirror and sigh, feel guilty about what I ate the night before, obsess and, and try and control everything that I was going to eat that day, then overeat because, you know, overeating is just a physical reaction to deprivation. And and, and, and so I, that was all that was on my mind all the time. And I'm like, wow, the cost is huge huge. The cost is absolutely huge. So it it was kind of this like slap in the face of like, I need to shift everything or I'm going to lose everything. Um, and for me that, that was it. It was like that one question and, uh, that, that someone asked me and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is everything. And so I began to just explore like, what does this even look like? And it was terrifying for me because I was so used to this battle that I created in my own mind. I was used to it. It was, it was like this super uncomfortable comfort, if that makes any sense. It was, it was what I was used to. And I'm like, I have no idea how to use food for health and hunger. I have no idea how to actually love my body. I have no idea how to look in the mirror and just like smile and be like, that looks good. It was, it was, it was a, it was just like impossible for me at the time. Um, but I'm a visionary and I was like, okay, what is this going to look like if this actually happens? And I just created in my, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'd wake up and I would feel good in my body. And, you know, I would, I would have like this respect for food and I would just eat for, you know, health and just to nourish my body. And the more I learned to love my body through connection, the more, um, food was just like, I just wanted to eat healthy. You know, there was no, there was no emotions that I wanted to stuff down. Therefore there was no more need for the food. And a lot of people listening, you know, it's just, you may think you have a food problem and it's not at all. It's not a food problem. The food is just your drug of choice or the thing that you're using to cope with the emotion. So when we can fundamentally learn how to cope with the emotion, how to utilize pain, how to allow it to be our, our greatest teacher, then we we don't need anything outside of ourselves to heal that pain. And so my whole my whole mission now is to revolutionize the weight loss industry by really helping people look at the emotional weight because we know that's that's what it's all about. That's yeah, what it's all about. It, it really mm-hmm. is. And I think that the body, the weight protects us in a lot of ways. I see mm-hmm. a lot of women and men too carry weight because they want to be protected. And as much as they want to be seen, they don't want to be seen. And mm-hmm. it, it, is, it is a shell. So, and, mm-hmm. and as, as we both have been emphasizing, there really isn't a quick fix to this, but it really truly begins with compassion. And mm-hmm. it really truly begins with a willingness to feel what mm-hmm. you've been repressing. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was a big, you know, um, body wasn't necessarily my struggle. Mine was more uh, chemical depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how it manifested in my body was repressing all these thoughts and just being 
mentally depressed and trying mm-hmm. to fix it through drugs or through exercise or through, you know, mm-hmm. things that were easier than actually going and feeling mm-hmm. what I hadn't felt and, and feeling it with compassion. Because I think what's so hard and why so many people turn to food to soothe is because we aren't connected to that voice of compassion inside of us mm-hmm. and to feel our emotions and have that voice of compassion. And I love how you, like just your voice and the way you're talking about that, there's so much compassion coming forward. Mm. And I think that that's a huge, huge, huge part of it. So how did you mm. find that voice within yourself? Mm. It was a ghost town <laughs> <laughs> for like, for, for literally probably about a year. Um, my my mentor at the time who was helping me through this told me to meditate. And at the time, that was the scariest thing ever. I'm like, you want me to try and connect into the one thing I've been running away from my whole, for the last five years? I'm like, that sounds terrifying. Um, and I would, I would go to sessions and just like bald face lie to him, be like, yeah, I did that whole meditation thing. And yeah, it was great. And I wasn't doing it. And then finally I came clean and I was like, Ray, I've not been doing this. And and he's like, he's like, this is going to be the access point to you truly healing. He's like, you need to feel in order to heal. And I was like, whoa, okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. It makes sense. So I be I, I just sat there in tears like day after day after day and I'm like numbness, numbness, numbness. And I remember so specifically there was like the tiny glimmer of like, oh, what is that? Like, what is that feeling in my body? And, and, and I was like, it, it, it made my heart beat. It was so profound because I was feeling so numb for so long. And I, I raced to my next session with him and I was like, Ray, I was like, I think, I think I felt this like intuition thing that you're talking about. And, and then I just became, I I just became like so in awe that my body had the ability to do this. And so then I was excited to do my meditation. I was like, okay, I know this is in here. I know my body's trying to tell me something. What is it? What is it? And I, I became so curious. And with the curiosity came more compassion. And then with the compassion came like more momentum to want to continually, um, you know, deepen my connection to myself. And so it really, it, like, I, I would love to say, yeah, it's super easy. You just sit in meditation and you got it. But for, you know, for a lot of women, that's so confronting, especially for women. And a lot of the women that I work with have a history of um, sexual trauma or sexual abuse or something to that effect. And so weight on their body, like we spoke about, is, is a, you know, a physical barrier to intimacy. So meditation for them may be very confronting. Um, and that's, that's where this, the whole mantra of I am home, I am safe comes in. And, and so that was, that was a huge turning point for me when I felt like that first glimmer of my body communicating to me. And then from there I was like, okay, this is possible. My body has my back and, uh, and there's safety within this trust. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know this is your mission and this is your passion mm-hmm. and you have taken everything that you've learned and everything that you've helped so many women with, um, mm-hmm. transform this and you put it into of course. Can you tell a little bit about this opportunity? Because I'm a proud partner of mm-hmm. this because I, I know how much suffering women have around food and body mm. and just self-acceptance. And this is, this is a wonderful resource. So please, please yeah. share about Hungry for Happiness. So basically after I was done my, my healing journey, which, which took about three years, I kind of, I looked back and I went, 
what really made the difference here? You know, what was the, what were the key things that really changed the trajectory of my life where I could love my body, use food for health and hunger, really navigate my emotions with ease and not from a place of like, oh, this is scary. And so I developed a, a formula called the Phoenix formula, which, which takes someone from a very unaware state, fighting food, hating their bodies into a fully aware state, able to use food for health, hunger, and pleasure, because that's what it's all about. And being connected to their bodies where we can just, you know, integrate head and heart, mind and body. So I developed a program called the society, which is our signature program here at hungry for happiness. And it's a, it's an very interactive soul based community based program, um, where I take a group of women on a journey for six months through, through basically my recovery and, um, shortening the time for them from three years down to six months, of course, um, to, to really go through these things together. And the most beautiful part about this is, um, a lot for me and for a lot of people listening, you think you're alone, you know, you're like, I, I don't want to share this struggle. I think I'm alone in this and bringing women together who are ruthlessly committed to their transformation and just taking them through this experience together, ignite something that is so profound. The sisterhood, the bonds that come through this to be like, Hey, you're struggling. So am I let's team up, let's support each other and let's do this together. It creates a, it's a, creates a beautiful environment, beautiful container for transformation. So that's how the program works. We, we meet weekly on, on a live webinar where we can chat back and forth. Everyone gets a chance to share and be laser coached. And, and then you have the, the modules as well. So it's super fun and I, I, I love it. And I'm so happy that, that you recognize my, the work that we're doing, Christine, it means a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's the biggest thing is like, we need to feel like we're not alone when it comes mm-hmm. to this. We really mm-hmm. need to feel like we're not alone and that other people can understand us because there's so much shame mm-hmm. that's associated with, with food yeah. and body. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm big into giving people tools for pattern interrupts. So when they, they look in the mirror or they're going to the fridge Mm -hmm. or they're about to over exercise, I know Mm -hmm. you shared a a couple of affirmations, but are there, are there any other pattern interrupts that you, because obviously dealing with emotional issues is, is where it's at. We have to go there. But in the meantime, in our day to day Mm -hmm. life, we need these little pattern interrupts that help us, continue help us stop continuing to reinforce those neural nets in our brain Mm -hmm. so do you have any suggestions for that yeah absolutely so 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 two things this is kind of like a two-parter the breath is the absolute best thing to connect mind and body head and heart when we're shallow breathing we cannot connect deep into our intuition to create the communication that needs to take place so a simple breathing exercise six in breathe in for six hold for three breathe out for six, hold for three. That really allows, allows the the energy to be circulated in the body. The second thing that's super important is I want everyone to, to get, figure out what is the feeling that you want to feel? What is it? And, and not just think about it. We're not, we're not going to stay on logic level. We're going to really integrate that. If the feeling is lightness for a lot of my women, it is, I want to feel light. Okay, great. What does that feel like right now to you and allowing your body to actually viscerally get to that while you visualize 
what it is going to look like for you to feel that lightness. And we're not talking about just physical lightness. We're talking about emotional lightness as well. And so it's, it's great to be like, I want to feel this way. I want to feel this way. But you have to realize or you get to realize that you can actually feel that feeling right now. So through with the breath, getting centered, getting grounded, circulating the energy in the body, and then choosing that feeling, contentment, liberation, freedom, whatever feeling that is, connecting the the visceral feeling with the visual is a beautiful way to pattern interrupt when you're about to binge eat, overeat, suppress emotion or overexercise or, or whatever it is. Mm, I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your heart. Thank you for bringing so much value to everybody today. And if you want to learn more about Samantha's program, go to hungryforhappiness.com slash Christine Hassler, and you can learn more about it there. And we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, if you could go back Samantha in time and, and tell some, tell one thing to yourself when you were really suffering and struggling with all of this, Mm. what would you tell Mm. her? to play more. You know, Mm. I was just so serious. It had to be, it had to be this way. I was a perfectionist. I thought in black and whites, I was all up in my head and my spirit, my soul just wants to play. She just wants to have fun. She wants to experience life. She wants to just, you know, totally like surrender into moments that, that bring her joy. And I was depriving her of that. I was depriving myself of food. I was depriving myself of play. And I was just in a state of deprivation, not allowing myself to fully play. And so that's what I would say is, you know, you are going to achieve everything you want through play and through having fun and through relaxing and through just letting your soul speak and, and, and shine. So that's, that's what I would say. Mm -hmm.